Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we dive into the linebackers. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, you know, a lot of guys talk a big game, but if you're a one-and-done kind of guy, Blue Chew can even help you get to round number two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by Bailey Adams. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at Bailey J Adams 22, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Bailey and I are diving into the linebacker group as we continue our, our positional preview slash recap stuff, I guess, kind of. Sure, we'll go with that. Um, but first and foremost, Bailey, how you doing, buddy? Um, I'm doing all right. I've caught the sickness uh, here at the beginning of this week, um, but happy to be on here tonight. And um, it's been a while. So how you doing? I'm. I have this this sickness as well. Still, it's getting worse. Uh, and if David hadn't already put together the intro music um i would have used down with the sickness for for this episode because we are just messes i blame like, children i don't know what you can blame um a buddy of mine in orlando i guess was visiting orlando this weekend and he was sick so i guess just being around him but i don't know he's, you said yesterday was your flu game i guess it was today's episode both of our flu games yeah pretty much i can get down with that yeah which which means we have to have stellar performances if we're going to honor the GOAT in appropriate fashion. But we are here to discuss linebackers, much like David uh, discussed the, the defensive line on Monday's episode. So real quick, let's run down the list. Um, inside linebacker, you have Levante David, you have Kevin Minter, you have Devin White. 
Uh, Noah Dawkins uh, is listed as just a linebacker. And then um, as far as outside linebackers are concerned, you have Shaq Barrett, uh, Kazan Daniels, Carl Nassib, Anthony Nelson, Jason Pierre, Paul. So Bailey, this is where this is where this this conversation is basically going to to steer to. David made a a, a valid and strong point of of talking about how you have to keep the defensive line as intact as, as possible, and pretty much it's the same way with the linebackers. You have to bring back Shaq Barrett. You have to bring back Jason Pierre-Paul. Carl Nassib is a free agent. Um, so if the Bucks are going to be spending any money at the at the linebacker positions, chances are it's not going to be making a big splash in free agency. The big splash they're going to make is to keep their own. Now, I, I, t- I took a look at, at Spot Track before, before we got started, and you know, it, it's not it, it's not a perfect science but they usually get in the general ballpark with their estimated market values. And they did have it available for Shaq Barrett and they've estimated his market value at $15.7 million per year. They've estimated that he's going to get a four year deal worth over $60 million right around that 62 range. Um, And I I think that's pretty fair. So when you take all of this into account, And you take a look at Jameis Winston, the potential that he comes back on a franchise tag. You're looking at 27 million. If you bring back Shaq at, I think $15 million per year would be a a pretty solid steal. Um, And then Jason Pierre, Paul, you got to figure that it's going to take about 10, 10 and a half to bring him back. You've already chewed up two thirds of your, of your available cap space. So, but you know, Shaq Barrett has to be the absolute number one priority for this team. Absolutely, I think he's definitely, definitely the number one priority in this off season. But I think with the end of the season that Jason Pierre-Paul had, and just the leadership he displayed um, ever since he came back from that neck injury, I think he's he's very close behind. As kind of some people have kind of said, a one A one B situation where, yeah, you want to lock up Shaq Barrett first, but Jason Pierre-Paul. He's going to be up there on the priority list as well because if you can keep both of those guys and keep that linebacker group intact, that's going to be dangerous. And I, I think that's that's something that the Bucks definitely need to keep into account or take into account before they even consider the quarterback. I know they have to decide, they have to think about the quarterback and evaluate the quarterback position, but as far as priority wise, I would say you've got to have Barrett, you got to have JPP above whatever you do at the quarterback position because the way this defense ended the season. If you keep it intact, you know, I'm not going to say you can win with any quarterback. I know Bruce Arians said he can win with another one. He can win with Jameis Winston. But I think keeping this defense together gives you a chance to win no matter who's under center next year. Right. And and you could even earmark, say, you know, look, we know we can't touch this money because it's going to have to go to a quarterback of some form. Um, it may not necessarily be Jameis, but it it might be. But we have to make sure that we're paying Shaq, we're paying uh, JPP. I think Carl Nassib may end up being the odd man out in this. If he can come back, that's fantastic. I'd be super excited. Um, you know, he's not going to command anywhere close to the money that that Barrett or Jason Pierre-Paul will get because he is a rotational guy. But with as big of an impact as he had for the Bucks two years ago, 
you would think that he would want the the opportunity to continue to be on the field more, and that opportunity is probably outside of Tampa rather than with. But then again, he may say, you know what, there's something special here. I like my role here. I like my teammates. I want to stay. Um, but I think, you know, obviously if, if you have to lose one of these three guys, Carl Nassib is going to be the odd man out. So you take a look at at Shaq Barrett's 19 and a half sacks. You take a look at Jason Pierre-Paul's eight and a half in 10 games. Um, you know, that's what that's what led this defense was was these guys coming off the edge, getting pressure on the quarterback. You tag that with Sue and, and Vea's disruption up the middle. And all of this is reflected in the improvement that we saw in the secondary. So all of these things taken into account, you you look at the, the Bucks defense down the stretch, and it's anchored by, by two guys that could be in different uniforms this year. Uh, I know some people, in, in, including Evan, have talked about the um, the defensive end, the, the kid out of, out of Jacksonville, Yannick Ngakwe, I think is how you say it. Um, yeah, and, and spot track is another one <clears throat> that has, you know, has his estimated market value at, at $17 million. So you're talking about a guy that's already going to cost more, you know, estimated than, than Shaq Barrett. So he's completely out of the question. That's, that's not what the bucks are going to be able to do at the linebacker position. As far as free agents are concerned, they are going to look for, the next Shaq Barrett. They are going to look for the next Carl Nassib. They're going to look for these guys that they can they can bring in on uh on one year prove it deals, maybe some guys that are buried on the depth chart that aren't aren't happy where they are and and look for some young up and coming talent to try to capitalize on. Um so yeah you you take quarterback at at 30 million dollars and then your your two key outside linebackers adding up to another twenty five to thirty, and you're looking at about sixty million dollars of the cap already gone. Now, um, are are there any of these? I, I know you said you had looked up just a couple of names um, as far as linebackers were concerned that the Bucks may be targeting. Um, yeah, who were who were you taking a look at? Um, I'm not really too too deep into these guys, so I'm not hundred percent sure how they'd fit in the scheme, but. Look at a guy like Barkevius Mingo, who's who's in Houston this year, making around three and a half million this year. Um, you know, I don't think he's necessarily the guy that's going to come in and be the next Shaq Barrett, but I think he could be a nice piece. Um, there's another guy I'm a little familiar with um, from his days here in Tampa at USF, Aaron Lynch. He's he's solely, I think, a depth kind of guy, which I think as we were, we're talking about. If you're trying to replace Carl Nassib as a rotational guy or as a depth guy, um, you know that's that's what I think the Bucks are going to be looking for. I think if you have JPP and you have Shaq locked in, you're going to have to be kind of looking. I don't want to say the bottom of the barrel, but you're going to have to look a little bit at these these lower end guys that can come in and, and make an impact and play a role. Which I think I think both those guys could could do that. Um, and you know, I, I, there's obviously you know the, the mid rounds of the draft as well. Um, is anybody anybody you've had you've had your eye on a little bit? I know there's a lot of guys up here that are are bigger names, but like we said, they're not going to be able to to pull in these bigger names with the money they're already spending on on the three positions you've already mentioned. Yeah, when when you're looking at at trying to just fill in depth, um, 
you know, I, I like Barkevius Mingo. You, you could go back to the, uh, to the well in Denver. Uh, there's a kid out there, Jeremiah Attachu, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, A-T-T-A-O-C-H-U. Um, you know, a guy that was making less than a million dollars. He's still young, only 27 years old. Another guy that's kind of been buried. Um, as far as the depth chart is concerned. So, you know, that could be an affordable, um, an affordable option as far as, uh, as a depth piece, you, you take a look at somebody like Marcus Golden, uh, out of New York who, who drastically outplayed his contract. He's going to be getting similar to what Shaq Barrett is going to come away with. So you, you can't, you can't count on them going after a guy like that. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we'll dive more into the draft prospects. David is far more entrenched in that than than we are, and, and even David isn't super entrenched in that quite yet. Um, the only other person that I can think of um, that they might look at as far as, as depth is concerned would be um, – uh, Shalit Calhoun out of New England. You know, he's another he's another depth guy. He, he's coming from a, a really good defense there in New England, uh, outside linebacker. So he would he would be able to rotate in. But you have to look you have to look at some of these guys that just they're not going to break the bank. And and you know how many Bucks fans you know when when the Bucks signed Shaq Barrett went who. It's going to be one of those situations again. The Bucks are going to sign an outside linebacker or an inside linebacker or somebody, and Bucks fans everywhere are going to go, "Who?" But there's a reason that they're signing these guys. Maybe, maybe it is a Barrett situation where he just can't break through, um, you know, to the starting lineup because he's backing up, um, you know, a JJ Watt or, uh, or you know, somebody who's just you know you can't usurp, you know, like like Shaq and, and Von Miller. So, you know, don't don't expect any major any major splash signings. You just you know you hope that the splash that you make is the guy that we already know. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think there's even there's even some guys that the the Bucks are pretty familiar with. I think if we're looking at it, and and if they can get Carl Nassib back, if they can if they can figure out a way to do that, if he likes it here. I mean, this guy was a captain this year. I know I know part of that was because Jason Pierre Paul started the season on IR. Um, but I mean, he was a captain. He's well liked in the locker room. He he played played a nice role and, and and did a really good job over the two years he was here. So if they can get him, I mean, I think we're looking at we're looking at the best case scenario. But there's even some more familiar some guys that they're familiar with out there. I mean, I know they let Devonte Bond go. He was he had dealt with that suspension earlier this year. He's out there. Um, if they like the familiarity with him, if they think he has some upside, and then I know they brought him in a, a little bit later in the season. But Sam Acho, he's he's a Another guy that didn't get a lot of a lot to a lot of time to show what he could do. I know he had one sack. Um, I want to say it was in the Jacksonville game, but if I think he has some familiar, familiarity with with Bruce Arians and um, having played in, in Arizona, I'm not sure if they overlapped. I think they overlapped. Um, but you know, there's these guys that I think they they're a little bit familiar with that they can kind of look at as maybe maybe not projects, but maybe just you know, give him a shot, give him a one year, low end, um, low risk, high reward kind of guys. I, I think there's a couple of those guys in house and and out there that they've dealt with before. Yeah. And then um, as far as the inside linebackers, like I said, at the, at the beginning of the show, we have Devin White, we have Levante David, you have Kevin Minter. Um, yeah. He's, he's in there. 
Um, I can't imagine that they're going to do too much at the inside linebacker position. Um, really because the only thing that they need is depth. You know, you're not, you're not out there looking for, for anyone to be a starter. You have your two starters. And I understand that, um, Kevin Minter is a free agent. I don't see any reason why he would not come back. You know, he's coming off of a, a one year deal where he only got, you know, he, he made under $900,000, under $900,000. And he was a key piece while Devin White was out. I don't see any reason he wouldn't come back. It's probably going to cost you $1.2, $1.3 million. Um, you know, and he's a guy that loves to be here. He loves playing for Todd Bowles. He loves playing for Bruce Arians. So I see absolutely no issue with with him returning. Um, but you you take a look at Devin White and, and Levante David. That's that's the the two keys here. And it was unfortunate that we lost Devin White for some time. But Levante's a guy that's usually pretty reliable about being out there. But injuries are a funny thing. So. Do you feel like the Bucks can go into 2020 with only three like legitimate inside linebackers on their roster? You think they might look to add some more? How how do you think they uh, they would view that situation? I think they could go in with three. Um, ideally, I think I think four would be more ideal. Um, I agree with you. I think Kevin Minter is a guy that that should be back, and I don't think they'll have any problem getting him back. Um, not not any any disrespect or anything. I just think he knows his role and he knows um, that this probably is the best spot for him. He'll he'll work as depth as a linebacker. He he was pretty great on special teams as well. Um, and yeah, the familiarity with with Todd Bowles, with Bruce Arians. I mean, this just seems like a, the best situation for him. You know, I, I don't know that he's going to go out and get a starting role anywhere. So I, I think this is a good spot for him. I think he's the guy that you want in there as your your first kind of depth guy. But yeah, I think they might look. Um, at a cheap, cheaper, a cheaper free agent possibility. Um, but then there's there's also obviously the draft. I don't think they're they're obviously not going to spend maybe even a, a day two pick on a line, on an inside linebacker. I think you're you're looking more at a fifth round, sixth round kind of guy that maybe they take a chance on. Maybe he works out, but they at least bring him in to have him as as an extra body, as extra depth, just in case. Um you know, knock on wood, something happens with, with one of your top guys. Um, on, on that note, I, I know there's a couple of mocks that have uh, Shaq Quarterman from Miami uh, as being uh, a late round pick for the Bucks. Um, the little I've seen of him, I, I think that would be, that'd be a nice pick. He's, um, I know from everything I've read, everything I've seen, he's not necessarily a three down guy. He's not necessarily ever going to um, be a starter unless he just kind of, kind of gets, um, kind of progresses more than everyone I guess is projecting him to, but he could be a nice depth piece that you could get late in the draft. Um, you know, all ACC the last two years, um, he was second team all ACC the year before that he had a, he had a heck of a career in Miami. Um, I, th- I think he'd be a nice guy to, to look at. And, you know, there's always a, a couple more options in the, in the later rounds of the draft um, that the bucks could, could take a flyer on it and just see how things work out. Um they could always go back to the well that that has worked out for them so far, and then go to the LSU. I know um, LSU think has at least one, maybe two guys coming out. One of them's Michael Divinity. I think will be um, will be out. He's dealt with some suspension issues, so he's not necessarily the guy that you're going to see early in the draft. But I think he is someone that 
if they interview him, if they talk to him and, and see that his, his issues are in the past, um, maybe they take a chance on him late. If he makes it late, I don't know. There there's, there's just going to be some guys out there that can fill that depth role. That's the, the good thing about having such a reliable guy in Levante David and such a young guy who who's going to be blossoming into a star and, and Devin white is you don't have to go out there and find a starter. You can, you can wait, you can kind of just evaluate your options and see what you can do. I think there's there's going to be plenty for the Bucks uh, out there to get. And yeah, just going back to your question, I think four four inside linebackers might be the ideal number um, heading into this year. You you know what I've decided? My number one hope in in free agency for the Bucks is outside of bringing back their own guys. What's I I, I really want them to sign Ray Ray Armstrong. Hmm. I don't know why. Maybe it's because of all the cheesy hashtags that I'll be able to come up with on the Bucks Nation Twitter. <laughs> but give give me Ray Ray Armstrong as as a depth piece at inside linebacker. Are you thinking are you thinking with your uh your gift game? Um uh, look, Star Wars look, a Star Wars day? No, no, I wasn't thinking I wasn't thinking Star Wars, but my Bucks Nation gift game is strong. Oh. I was thinking you were going straight for the for the Ray comparisons. Oh, no, no. I was thinking uh, there also was a guy that I worked with a long time ago named Ray Ray, and he was one of my favorite humans ever. So, okay. Um, and, and as you pointed out, uh, before we started recording, there's a guy named Dion Buchanan who's available. I mean, I don't know. Would the Bucks want to bring him in? <laughs> I think that ship might have sailed. Um, whatever. Man, I can't tell you how many times early in the season I forgot he was on the roster. Right. And then. Out of out of nowhere, they were like, "All right, see ya," and I was like, "Oh yeah, they did sign him." Yeah, Dion so, Buchanan was a thing. Yeah, he he did exist on this team. I, I mean, it was weird just how you heard nothing about the guy throughout training camp and then the preseason. I, I don't remember much of anything that he did, and then all of a sudden he was just gone. Yeah, he uh, he landed in New York, who got a new head coach on tuesday and that was weird that was really weird the way that whole thing played out yeah how do you feel about uh the panthers getting rule to be their new head coach um i think it's always interesting seeing how a college coach is gonna make the jump i think he's a great coach obviously what he did at baylor this year was was incredible and i think he he seems just from the little bit i've heard of him he seems like a, a smart guy, smart football guy, and just a good guy. Um, I, I like the hire on the surface. Um, we'll see how the, the transition goes. But I remember, I, I think he was on Pat McAfee's show not too long ago and um, just seemed like a really, a really cool guy. I think the Panthers, um, I think it's an interesting move for the Panthers, you know, going from someone like Ron Rivera, um, who had tons of success there. I guess ton is kind of relative, but he had, he had, he had a fair amount of success in Carolina. So going, going down to a guy that they're bringing out of the college ranks um, should be interesting to see how that unfolds. I mean, as someone who isn't a big fan of the Panthers, you know, I would prefer, I guess it to not work out, but no, I think, I think rules are a really good coach. And I, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how he transitions. Yeah. He's, he's one of those people. And, and I'm, I'm taking a look at this from a very, very far back view because you know, I, I've said it on the show quite a few times. I can't really dive into college football 
until after college football season, just because of my regular job. Uh, I just don't have the opportunity to watch college football as it's happening on Saturday. I follow a little bit of it. Um, you know, I've been watching some of the bowl games. Obviously, I was following the playoff games. Um, but I start really paying attention to college football when I can go back and start watching games from throughout the season. So I'm I'm not really, you know, super worried like I saw some people on Twitter are about Rule. But I haven't really followed him all that much. He seems like a cool guy. Seems like a, a genuinely nice person. And with that said, um, I hope he he fails in, in Chiano proportions. <laughs> because I hate the Panthers. Now, if he had gone to the Giants, best of luck, buddy. Hope you go 12-4 and four and win the division. But the Panthers? Nah. I want him to be the next uh, college to NFL failure. I can't believe you just said that name on this podcast. What's that? Chiano? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, he's back in the Big Ten. <laughs> in fact, I think it's the first Saturday in October. It's the battle of the former Bucks coaches, Lovey oh Smith and Greg Schiano, Illinois and Rutgers. I'll make sure to be doing literally anything else yes. other than watching that game. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. For sure. Oh. I wanted Illinois to lose every game this year so they'd fire Lovey Smith. And what do they do? They become bowl eligible. Did he get another extension yet? No, no, <laughs> not yet. He's still got, I think, like four years left on this deal. So he, he'll he get extended after next season. Right, okay. For, <laughs> for another 10 years. For a six and six season? Yeah, basically. But hey, I won, my bet. I won my bet with my dad, so, you know, he owes me a bottle of Bacardi. Wasn't the last extension after four and eight? Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah. I got to say, though, he is doing pretty well with that program. It took a little while to start getting like some of his recruits in there, but they're starting to get some legitimate players. He's Their doing well with that beard, good. too. He's Did doing well with be- that beard. Yeah. Beard is glorious. I'll, I'll, I'll give him kudos on that. Out there looking like Papa Smurf. Uh, I just I can't wait for the day that they play the Vols. I don't know how it's going to happen. I just need it to happen. I need a press conference where Lovey talks about being Tennessee ready. If I never hear that again, I will be super excited. Can you imagine if that's like a national championship matchup? We have I literally hear... can't imagine that. No, not at all. <laughs> maybe, <clears throat> maybe if half the programs in the NCAA get uh, blacklisted for, for <laughs> violations, and basically the the only teams left with any kind of pedigree would be Illinois and Tennessee, and that's how they get in. Like the entire SEC is just banned. Maybe. Even then, I don't know. It'd be a, be a tough stretch. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, Bailey, I think that's going to about do it. Now, you have to you have to promise me something here on this episode. Because the next time you and I record together will be the day after the national championship game. Oh, boy. And I need you to promise me that if if your squad loses, if your Tigers lose, <laughs> see what I, I get there? it. I get it. You're, you're not going to be a Debbie Downer on the show. 
I need I need Happy Bailey. Um, sure. I'll do my best. How about that? <laughs> okay, I'll take it. it. To be fair, I I am pulling for for your squad in that game. I appreciate that for sure. I don't know. It should be a good game either way. I mean, the the thing is, had it been against Ohio State and they lost Ohio State, I don't know that I could record on this podcast. Um, but I, you know, I don't I don't mind Clemson. I like Dabo Sweeney. I like Trevor Lawrence. So, not saying I want LSU to lose, obviously, but um, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I w- I would much be able to be able to tolerate a Clemson win much more than an Ohio State win. Oh dear God, yes. And I think the other regular host on this podcast um he would be he i don't know if he'd be much fun to talk to for a little bit after that that would make my life very difficult because david's not one of the obnoxious ohio state fans like he and i started getting on each other's nerves during that game (laughs) um and and we we both decided it was like you know what let's just let's just stop now um but we all know that David loves to bring up Ohio State just to get under my skin in any any chance he can. So if they are the defending national champions, I cannot imagine how much crap he would give me on this show. And it would come out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. He would just have a slight little little dig in there talking yeah. about something like, oh, the Bucks should be looking at the backup quarterback from Ohio State for next year's draft just so we could say the words Ohio State on this podcast. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So, God bless Clemson. Thank <laughs> thank you so much for for that. Um but yeah, I'll be I'll be pulling for LSU. I I like Joe Burrow a lot and I want to see him win a championship before he goes to Cincinnati to die. I don't, I really don't want to talk about that cuz he's he's turned into one of my favorite LSU players of all time at this point and the thought of him going to Cincinnati just to be wasted is very painful. And I know he's excited about it because he's he's from Athens. Um and and he would essentially be coming home. Um I don't know if he grew up a Bengals fan. I'm assuming he did. Athens is in southeast Ohio, whereas Cincinnati is in, in Southwest, but it's definitely closer than Cleveland is. Um, but I'm, I'm sure he's excited to come and play in front of his family and his friends and, and be close to home. But dude, talk to Carson Palmer, like just pick up the phone, call Carson and be like, do I need to go full Eli Manning in this situation and just refuse to play for them? Because that's what, that's what you need to do, Joe. Do not play for the Bengals. I mean, he might be he might be excited for until week one until he gets sacked nine times in the first half, and then I don't think he'll be very excited anymore. No, full. I I said it over and over. I'll continue to say it. Full David Carr situation for yes. Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Well, you said that next week I have to be happy, Bailey. But all of a sudden, now that we've been talking about this for maybe three minutes, I'm not happy, Bailey anymore. <laughs> um so we'll see if I recover by next Tuesday. Well, a a national championship will go a long way. And if not, at least the lightning don't suck anymore. I I'm surprised we didn't talk about the lightning earlier, honestly. 
I had planned like for days to bring them up literally before we talked about the Bucks, but I forgot. Yeah, they're they're on right now. One of my favorite lightning is playing for the other team, JT Miller. I love that guy. Um but yeah, since uh since my parents gave me a a new lightning hat for Christmas, they have not lost. Never take it off. I'm not wearing it right now, but it's Oh my goodness. It's sitting right next to me. I haven't had to wear it. It's just since it's been in my possession. Okay. Uh, that's fair. They they are undefeated. So my that's dad right. said he was going to get me a raise hat for my birthday and I said no no. Oh, he better. No. I'll, I'll, said, go ha- I'll go I'll go these on that. Stop that. I no. told him he can give me a delayed birthday gift and give me a new Bucks hat in August. I mean, I don't know if that's helping. Let's not go too far. I mean, we'll see how many in a row the lightning string together. And we'll we'll see how many in a row I could I could potentially get the bucks to string together. You figure what? It's a, a, a one to one to three ratio, maybe. Hmm. That's sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we will get out of here. Bailey, thank you so much for joining. You will be my uh, my recurring guest on Wednesdays here for the foreseeable future. So, uh, you know, looking forward to many, many conversations. I have no idea what we're talking about next week, but we'll figure it out then. Um, we might be talking a lot about the national championship. Who knows? With with you saying that I'll be a recurring guest, hopefully um, you didn't get any unsubscriptions to this podcast. No, no. Hope, hopefully, you you gain a lot more Twitter followers. I hope so. Let's let's flip that into a positive spin, Bailey. Get me to seven hundred people, please. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah, get follow this man at <laughs> Bailey J Adams twenty two. Good grief! This guy should have more Twitter followers than I do. All How right. About that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, of course, you can check out everything that Bailey and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're sending in your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Make sure that you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at BaileyJAdams22, at BaileyJAdams22, at BaileyJAdams22, and at bucks underscore nation hope you all have an absolutely wonderful wednesday and we thank you so much for joining us right here at locked on bucks you are locked on buccaneers your daily tampa bay buccaneers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day